Welcome back to the second part of the interview with Jim Fielder. I think you'll enjoy this as he will now bring us up to date with uh, what he's been doing since Woodstock. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Fielder. So you're you're backstage, you sit around with uh, David Crosby, mm-hmm. preparing for the show, and then uh, how many songs were on your set? Uh, well, goodness, it was, it was a pretty normal, pretty normal set we did. Okay. So it wasn't like they, they wanted to, because they had so many artists, they wanted to, uh, tone it down some. Uh, uh, that, I'm sure they, they probably did that. But uh, as I said, we were, you know, uh, uh, we and Jimi Hendrix were the, were the headliners. So they did. They didn't put too much pressure. We we probably cut out I don't know two or three tunes. Okay. And then uh, Jimmy, boy, when when he finally got up to do his set, the the sun was coming up. Oh wow! <laughs> I bet that was a wild feeling. Yeah. yeah so so did the did the weather affect anything there? I mean, I I don't know. I don't even know how they had the uh, electricity running out there. I mean with everything going on yeah yeah they had to, i mean they every time the rain would start they would cover the the sound system and the the you know and the the control panel and all that stuff would cover it over <coughs> and uh they just so the the shows just kind of went from from breaking the weather to breaking the weather <laughs> oh wow yeah. so 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 did that I mean, that didn't affect how you played. You you played just like you were playing before, uh, uh, you know, even even though they might have may have dwindled down to 50,000. I mean, mm-hmm. you're still going to rock it out just like oh, just yeah. like normal, you know. Absolutely. So what was the was the mood of the the audience? Was it different than anything you've ever seen or? or... Well, you know, uh, again, that was kind of hard to tell just because, first of all, couldn't really see the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the, the audience was lit up. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm sure. So, uh, um, but, uh, you know, every, everything, everything's the, the, the mood of the crowd seemed seemed to be um, pretty much like, you know, we're we're here and we're going to stick this out and uh you know, so there weren't any uh, in, in, any signs of uprising right. <laughs> within the crowd. Uh, so there wasn't any fears of uh, of the government coming in and uh, cracking right. down, you know, on on any anybody because of the hippies or, you know, because I know that right. the, the the towns were most of the towns weren't too thrilled, you know, with the, the whole gig coming in. Uh-huh. So you're going from 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 Woodstock. Uh, where'd you where'd you go next? I mean, what was your? Well, interestingly enough, the the week after uh, one week after Woodstock, we we went to uh, uh, the Blossom Center outside of Cleveland, mm-hmm. which is one of these big places that that the symphony orchestras use for their summer season so it has has a a, a large um, stage and seating uh, area that that's covered 
uh, usually hold about 5,000 people in the covered seats. And those, so those were the, the, the top dollar seats. And then um, that, that covered area opened onto a huge grass area. So you could get 100,000 people mm-hmm. into a place like that. And we we played the concert there right after Woodstock, and it was darn near full. Wow. So we probably played to more people at that concert than we had at Woodstock. Now, who was uh, was Timmy opening for you there or or how was that working? No, no. um, um, No, gosh, I hadn't hadn't done anything with with Tim in 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 ages. Okay. Uh, at, at that point, um, we would have had an opening act. Uh, and I can't remember who it was, okay. um, but uh, anyway, we'll, I know it. At uh, uh, at one point, Bill Rither, Bill Withers was our opening act. Wow, that was pretty cool. So, what were the head? What 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 sticks out about Blood, Sweat, and Tears to you, man? What's what's your what's your go-to that when, when you think of blood, sweat and tears, what, what, what just drives you? Well, uh, it was, it, it was a, a, a pretty good family. I mean, we got, we got real close with each other. Uh, it was, uh, it was definitely a brotherhood. And, you still chat uh, with anybody today or anything? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, Bobby, Bobby Columbia and I are, are pretty, pretty good contact. And uh, where I'm where I'm living now, um, Jerry, Jerry Hyman, who was our trombone player, he lives just a few miles from here. Uh, and I, you know, I run into other guys from the band, uh, Freddie Lipsius, uh, um, you know, and uh, <clears throat> when I was on the road with uh neil sadaka every every time we'd play up in uh, toronto uh david thomas would uh would uh, come see us okay so yeah i keep have kept in 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 pretty good touch we we've, we've lost a few uh dick halligan is no longer with us um uh and s- several others that were in the band after after that but um you know, so I, I I stuck around for uh, oh for another couple three years after that, and then when uh, David Clayton Thomas left the band to start his own career, mm-hmm. uh, at that at that point, you know, it was like it seemed like we we'd done everything um, that we we could have done. They did the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> wow. You know, so did a lot of lot of stuff that. Uh, so I'm 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 thinking. Well, you know, at that point I'm uh, was uh, was having some some uh, personal problems, uh, um, uh, marriage problems at mm-hmm. the time, and uh, I wanted wanted to get back to L.A. Mm-hmm. I did you know that's uh, that's where I was from, and I felt most at home there sure so uh so that's that's when i left the band that was in 75 went back to la and within just a few months got the gig with neil sadaka and uh that carried me through until 2019 wow 
uh, he was a, he was a good boss, treated us well, paid us well, um, you know, made made sure we uh, were comfortable uh, and uh, traveled traveled a lot. Uh, we would uh, uh, oh gosh, do put in uh, 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 at least twenty thirty weeks a year. Wow. On, road so it was uh it was a it was a full-time gig and he was he was a nice guy to work for um and that's uh so how what what about the so what what would what would neil's uh genre be considered oh well he was he would still do some of his uh old things from the 50s but uh, he's a songwriter first mm-hmm. and foremost, and so he's always coming up. Like it, every seems like almost every time we'd uh, uh, get together to to do an, one of our two week stints in Vegas, he he would have a couple of new tunes to add to the show. So it, uh, you know, it definitely uh, kept kept me on my toes. Sure, sure, <laughs> and. Uh, as as time went on, he was starting to to have a little trouble hitting the the high notes in some mm-hmm. of the tunes. So he would um, he would lower lower the the key a step or two, and that uh, you know. So I'd always always uh, when we got the set list, I'd always go down the set list and say, "Man, no, what? So what what key is this tune in?" <laughs> as a matter of fact, it, it, it happened on one show where uh, uh, we got to a tune that we were used to doing in one key and he starts the the introduction on the piano in in a key a a step lower oh wow without any warning or anything and i i picked up on it right away sure uh and and made the signal to our our keyboard player right uh, that uh, that we were going to be in a different key gave him a, a hand signal that that showed what key uh, it was really and so when we came in <laughs> we were all on the on the same key <laughs> wow. as the one neil was in so so you're playing what bass Yes. Yes. In in the Neil Sedaka. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Everything. Everything I played at, from the mothers uh, on was was on bass, and that's what you wanted, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, out of your, I mean, you're you're talking about a very storied career here. Um. What 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 really stands out the most about if you. If you're you're just sitting back, and I think you've probably done this quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just kind of sit back, drink your coffee, and think, "Wow, what what really captures your mind?" Well, uh, the 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 number of places that I've seen. I mean, I've been to, to South America, been all over Europe, uh, including uh, uh, one tour that bsnt did behind the iron curtain <laughs> we went to uh yugoslavia romania and poland oh wow what was that uh, like it, it well it, it it took it took uh um quite a bit of of doing on the part of the state department mm-hmm. to get us the, all the permissions we needed to go over there and and do that and and be paid for it um 
so that would that that tour definitely stands out in uh in my memory and uh and neil uh he was huge over in england mm-hmm. uh we could we would go do an entire an entire tour in the british isles mm-hmm. uh so that was uh, that was that was really great but there's one one story that i think is my favorite and this goes back to the very early days of Blood, Sweat, and Tears, where the first album had come out and was getting some airplay, but we hadn't hadn't done the uh, Ed Sullivan show yet at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm in New York. Uh, we're starting to work on the second album, so I've got my got my bass in a in a soft bag slung over my shoulder and i'm headed up to uh, the columbia studios in midtown at right. near rockefeller center uh, and um, standing there waiting uh to to cross sixth avenue and this other guy comes up he's got a guitar slung over his shoulder mm-hmm. he looks at me and i look at him and say hey you're a player yeah you're a player too he says uh, so uh uh, so what do you, what are you doing these days? And I said, well, I'm in this band and we're, we're playing around town a lot and, uh, um, you know, starting to, starting to d- do some recording and stuff. And, and he said, oh yeah, what's, what's the name of the band? And I said, blood, sweat and tears. He looks at me kind of askance and goes, yeah, right. Turns on his heel and walks away. And at that moment I knew we'd made it. Oh, wow. Cause it, yeah, that, how about that? That is just, did you ever figure out who he was or anything? No, no, never. I guess he never really figured out who I was. <laughs> never heard from him again, but. Uh, and he's probably kicking it. himself now, like going back and thinking, golly, you know, <laughs> who would you consider? I mean, you know, when, when uh, it's my understanding, like, uh, Charlie Watts, you know, of course, with the Stones mm-hmm. and and uh, Ronnie Wood. Ronnie, he looked up to Scotty Moore, and and then of course uh, Charlie uh, was a DJ Fontana fan. Who uh, would who would you look to, or was there anybody that you would? consider a mentor or anything like that oh sure yeah actually when i was still in high school i took some lessons from um frank sinatra's bass player Mm -hmm. and he uh i was uh playing upright bass at that time um and uh he uh he just he got me on the right track as far as uh um you know how, how to uh, how to finger and and uh, you know how to how to read uh, music and just a, 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 an awful lot of lot of stuff like that got me started on the right foot okay. as far as playing bass and then uh, after I left uh, BS and T there was this this uh, um, insanely good bass player named Jaco Pastorius mm-hmm. who. Uh, uh, at, at some point after I left, w- was playing in, with with BS and T, uh, and um, he's just uh, to me is always he's he's been the the penultimate as far as uh, as bass playing goes. And wow, it's his 
his influence on the young players coming up today that's uh, that's so important okay uh, ralph pena he was he was my teacher you were from high Pena's school okay. Okay. yeah okay got it and that was before the rat pack yes all right okay yeah. all right so jumping jumping back to today what what are what are you doing today are you just retired and enjoying it are you playing gigs every now and then or what's your what do you have going uh, on today well that's i mean i'm uh, tech technically retired i'm not uh, uh not in the musicians union anymore okay uh, uh but uh but i I'm, I'm in a town here in north carolina where where uh, music is pretty important and there are a lot of good players uh, a lot of good songwriters here so i'm yeah every every now and then i, I go out and do something local uh, and have a have a good time doing it um I've got the uh, my ultimate uh, instrument. Finally, um, is a uh, uh, acoustic electric bass guitar that Takamini makes, and it's oh got a, got a fretless fretless neck uh, and uh, enough enough uh, um, acoustic uh, uh, power that that. Uh, you know, in, in any kind of just just uh, uh, acoustic situations, unamplified situations, you, it, it, it works as a as a base for that. Or you can plug it in, you know, and, um, and that's uh, that that's my that's my main instrument of choice right now. So it sounds like you're 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 still you're challenging. You're still challenging yourself to learn yeah. something new. OK, I've got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jim, it's a pleasure talking to you. Hey, thank you, thank I mean, you so much, my friend. And you know, I sure do appreciate you, my friend. 